Um, but like uh, Dwayne said, and that was very sweet, very nice of him to do that. Um, um, I feel really honored to do what I get to do. Um, actually, this weekend is uh, me celebrating 15 years here now. So, yeah, really crazy. I know I was just, you know, I was two years old when I first started here. And um, I'm just kidding. Uh, just a little background about myself. Uh, I had been attending here for since I was about 10 years old, but I really didn't come uh, like religiously until I was like 14. And so somehow Thelma Cain wrote me in to kids ministry at the age of 14, and I've been in there since. So um, it's been really awesome. About 18 and a half years old, I started working here. And uh, yeah, so I've been here for quite some time. Like I said, I really enjoy what I get to do. Um, and uh, so yeah, thanks for being here today. Uh, if you're new here, uh, we're in a series called For the Win. Can everybody say For the Win? Yeah, okay. So this month you're going to be learning about how to win in different areas in your life. The first Sunday we learned about how to win in the vision. And then last Sunday we talked about how to win in marriage. And today we're going to be talking about winning with kids. Uh, yes, yeah. so now my, my preaching style is a little bit different. It's more like teaching. Uh, I'm going to be giving you guys practical steps. I'm a practical kind of gal. So I hope you guys leave here with um, some practical steps that you can take with you no matter what stage of life that you're in. Um, maybe you're a single parent. Maybe you're co-parenting. Maybe you have teenagers. God rest your soul. Uh, or, yeah, so, or uh, maybe your kids are fully grown and you've got grandkids. Uh, this, whatever stage of life that you are in, this message, I really do believe, is for you. Um, and by the way, even if you're not a parent, this still applies to you because you have people in your life that are close to you, like maybe um, nieces and nephews. I have a niece and a nephew that I spoil way too much. And um, so whatever stage of life, I pray that this is for you and that you take it and you apply it to your lives. Um, so I've got a really daring question before I get started, and I feel like I'm going to shoot myself in the foot here. Who in here actually has their physical Bible today? Does anybody? You do? If you, okay, if you have your Bible, I want to give you a candy bar. All right. Yes, come on, come on. Yes. Oh, come on. Yes, Maria, give it to your friend. All right. So uh, I'm a kid's pastor, so I, I do rewards. Okay. So... Uh, I think it's really important that you have a physical Bible. I love, love, love the YouVersion Bible app, but there's just something about having a physical Bible when you read it. I don't know if you're anything like me. I, I get really squirrely in the brain a lot, and so I get really unfocused, especially if I have, like, a dangerous device in my hand, like the phone, and I'm trying to read the Bible, and I get all these notifications. Anyhow... Uh, I just wanted to reward you guys for bringing your Bibles today, and uh, hopefully encourage some of you guys to start bringing a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, let us know. We'll probably get you one. At least I know on me and kids' church, I'll give you one for free, and we do that here anyhow. So, 
Uh, let's stand for the reading of your word, no matter what kind of device you have it on today. All right. If you will turn to Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. And when you have it, uh, give, give a good shout, amen. And if you don't have it, you can look on the screen. All right. So it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Go figure, that's what I'm preaching about today. All right, so let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for being here with us today. I pray that you would tear down every wall that is, has been built up over each person's heart. Remove every scale from every person's eyes. Help them to hear what you have to say. God, we, we are welcome you here into our hearts as we sit here in your church. Speak through me and anoint me and use me for your purposes. Amen. Now hold up your Bibles in the way, whatever form you have it. And let's declare, you guys ready for this? Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Deceiving my own self. Now Lord, anoint my ears, my heart, my spirit my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truths of your word. Amen, amen. Very good. Now, I want you guys to high-five the person next to you and tell them what's your favorite candy bar. Tell Mine, mine is a Snickers. Yes, awesome. Again, welcome from being, for being here today. Uh, really excited. Hey, you know... I read a really profound quote the other day, and I just really wanted to share it with you guys. It really struck a chord with me. And so it goes like this. Having one child makes you a parent. Having two kids makes you a referee. All right? How many of you guys know that's true? All right? Man, I'm, t I'm telling you, kids are wild. One moment, they're sweet little angels. They're curling up in your lap. They're playing with your hair if you have any. Uh, and so then they're giving you a hug. And the next moment, they're yelling at their, neighbor, at their sibling and telling them to be quiet. And they're about to body slam them because of the way that they looked at each other. They're getting a little jealousy, getting all the attention here. So, right, I kid you not, recently I was in the car driving my niece and my nephew, and we had just finished talking about how powerful God was and how he could, like, make anything with just the sound of his voice. It was such a beautiful moment to me because I could tell that they were finally, like, beginning to realize that God is incredible and amazing. And my heart was touched I was proud of them for thinking about something that was bigger than them, themselves. And then not two seconds later, I kid you not, the kids are pinching each other. They're punching each other. And if they weren't in a car seat, one of them would probably be on the ground in a headlock. So uh, I know that you guys have probably been there before. All right, when I finally found out what the kids were, like, so aggressively arguing and fighting about, I just had to laugh. It was over none other than a bread tie. It was a bread tie. Okay, it was ridiculous. Can you believe it that a bread tie caused pure pandemonium in the back of my car? It was outrageous. Looking back at that moment, I just think about how just ridiculous that moment was. 
Now, I'm not a parent by any means, but I can imagine parenting kids can kind of be like that. One moment, everything's like beautiful. You're like taking pictures, you're posting them because they're sweet angels. And then the next moment, you're not posting because they're like ripping each other's hair out, right? Uh, It can be just really blissful. And then one moment, it's just chaotic. Uh, Looking at it again, though, it wasn't me playing referee that I'll always remember. It was the moments where the kids and I were listing off all the different plants and people and places and animals that God had created. It was that one little small moment of discipleship that my heart will always remember, and I'll, I'll always carry that. So Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. So as parents, we're all given the heavy, heavy responsibility of teaching our kids. It's our responsibility to teach our kids values. What are your family values and the the ways of God? Not the schools. It's not the teachers. It's, It's not the influencers or the YouTubers. It's your job. And if you don't disciple your children and influence your kids, then somebody else will. Okay, and the likelihood of that person aligning with your values and theirs and their beliefs, pretty quite slim. So you had better be the one discipling and teaching your children. So in a fast-paced life of playing referee, I got my little whistle here. In case one of you guys get out of line, I'm going to blow the whistle. Watch out. Gotcha. Okay. How do we slow down in a fast-paced life? How do we put on the, pump the brakes, right, and, and train our kids in the way they should go, like Proverbs 22.6 says. If you're a note-taker, I also happen to be old-fashioned. I like to bring the Bible here. I also like to take notes. Uh, if you are a note-taker, our first step is, number one, lead by example. I really like what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, train up a child in the way he should go, but be sure to go that way yourself. If you want your children, grown or not, to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, newsflash, you got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to have a relationship with him. You cannot authentically lead your family spiritually if you are not taking the time to be with God and thinking about him throughout the day. You're to be diligent in your care of your own soul, to work hard and not give up when things get difficult. To lead by example, you have to have a relationship with Christ. To have a relationship with Christ, you must spend time with him. Sundays are wonderful, but what are you doing Monday through Saturday to have a relationship with God. To have a relationship, you must pray and read your Bible. Write this down if you are. You need to read devotional. These are some little helpful tips tips for you. You need to read devotionals. You need to attend church regularly, not just once a month, like the statistics are are saying nowadays. You need to read commentaries. Get, Get in your word. Dig deep. Get you a study Bible. 
That's what I have. I love my study Bible. I get to like cross-reference everything and like go a little bit deeper. It's, I recommend a study Bible. The other thing that you can do is attend small groups, right? So the more you know about Christ and his word, the more you're able to share him with your children and with others. This applies to parents no matter what stage of parenting you're in. Even if your children are grown, this still applies to you. You still have a responsibility to lead your kids. You have the responsibility to show Christ through you. Deuteronomy 4.9 says, Only be on your guard and diligently watch yourselves so that you don't forget the things your eyes have seen and so that they don't slip from your mind as long as you live. Teach them to your children and grandchildren. One of the things that Moses is saying here is that he doesn't want parents to be hypocritical and say things like, do as I say, but not as I do. I think a lot of the times we fall into that trap. Don't do that. Well, mom, dad, you did that. Oh, do as I say, not as I do, right? You're to be diligent in your relationship with Christ. Teach your children and your grandchildren, your niece and nephews, what it means to follow Christ and obey him. Show them what it means to have a relationship with Christ in your everyday life, not just Sundays, it's Monday through Sunday. And the book uh, I was reading before was called uh, Six Secrets of Preteen Ministry. Very great read. I highly recommend uh, reading preteen ministry book. But it says here, it is as if a parent's Spiritual development acts as a glass ceiling that their kids cannot break through. If parents' own faith is immature and uncared for, it is unlikely that their children will grow past that point. Wow. Where's your, where's your glass ceiling? Is your glass ceiling low or is it pretty high? If you want your child to be passionate about Jesus... And the things of Jesus, you are to lead by example. So my question is, in whatever parenting uh, stage you're in right now, are you leading by example? Who do you go to when things get tough? What do you rely on when finances are crumbling? What do you do when all your kids in your household are sick again for the fifth time in like five months? Right? Who are, who are you leaning on? Who are you praying to? What are you doing? Are you modeling passionate faith to your children and to your grandchildren? Are you inspiring them to grow their faith daily? Make it so that your children's faith will one day burst through your own glass ceiling. I hope that my life would inspire others to grow in their relationship with Christ and that their faith would grow and soar way over my own glass ceiling. I hope that one day they just punch through my own glass ceiling. I want to be covered in my own glass, okay? I, I want kids and teenagers and every person I come in contact to be inspired by the way that I live, and I hope it's because they see Christ living and shining through me. And I want them to get a hold of that light so that they can also spread it like wildfire. 
Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before men, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Is your light shining? When you're at work and everybody's being people, you know, are, are they annoying you and are you letting them know? All right. Are you hood Monday through Saturday and then holy on Sunday? I mean, what are you, okay? What, let your light shine through men. For before men. So, and by the way, I really love Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. It says, these words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Everybody point to your heart. Yeah, your heart. So repeat them to your children, it says. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. This scripture here is a blueprint of how we can lead by example. It's so easy. I think we make it way too hard. I think we feel like we have to, like, gather on, children. We're gathering around the fire, and we're going to talk about the Lord today. All right? That's, uh, don't make it weird, okay? Just make it easy, okay? It's not that hard. You don't have to lecture your children into having a relationship with Jesus, okay? Lecturing is not leading by example. You're just saying things, all right? What, are you, what is your actions behind that? What are you doing day to day? What are you doing Monday through Saturday, not just on Sunday? It says right here that if you simply talk, talk about the ways of Jesus when you're sitting in your house. So what's in your house, everybody? You have a living room. Okay, you have a dining room. You have a dining room table. Okay, you have a reclining chair. Who in, who in here has a, like their favorite chair? Yeah, Dale. I know you do. Yes. We have our favorite spot in the house. All right, it says that you can talk about it in your house. You can do that. You can talk about Jesus at your bedside, the dinner table. You can talk about Jesus when you're along, walking along the road. Who in here walks anymore? Like, I don't know. Yeah? All right, I was a little shocked by that. Yes, I love walking, okay? Um, but some of you maybe don't walk a lot. That's okay. Uh, you can talk about Jesus in the car. You can talk about Jesus when you're in the grocery store getting another box of Little Debbies because the kids have already ate your stash hidden in the closet. Yes. Leading by example does not have to be difficult. Don't make it difficult. All right? It doesn't have to be time-consuming either. Okay? You don't have to have family hour every day right before bed and, like, have a lecture. Okay? You don't have to do that. It doesn't have to be time-consuming. It can just be part of your daily life. Bring Jesus into every conversation that you can. Make it normal. Don't be weird. Just make it normal. In a study from the National Study of Youth and Religion, which collected data from thousands of teenagers and their experiences from their, their parents at home and in the church, one of the study's major findings is that teenagers find their faith in the basis of their parents. Did you catch that? Teenagers will base their faith on what they see and experience from their parents, not on how often they attend church. So at best, if a child attends Bridge Kids every Sunday... For a year, on average, I will have 40 hours in a given year to influence your child's life. That's not including vacations, 
holidays, sick days, custody issues, sports, I mean, and other factors. When you compare that to the average fourth grader who's spending on average 400 hours a year playing video games and studying for science, okay, 40 hours is not a lot of time for the Bridge Kids Dream Team and I to influence your kids. So who has the most time to influence your child? Remember, at any stage of life you're in, okay? A parent has 3,000 hours per year to influence their child. 3,000. You have 3,000 hours. I have 40. Maybe. So with all that time, you must grow in your relationship with Jesus daily. Read your Bible. Hello, read your Bible. Set it out in an open place. Let them see that you are reading the Bible. Don't be like me and scroll on your phone forever and ever, okay, and get distracted when you're trying to read your Bible. Chances are if their kids are seeing you uh, reading on your, on your device, they probably think you're scrolling on Facebook or something, okay? And so what happens when you have a physical Bible or a physical devotional or a physical commentary book, okay? It allows your kids to ask you questions. Mommy, Daddy, what are you reading? Oh, I'm reading about Moses. Did you, do you know about Moses? Man, let me tell you. All right, and then they, it, you, it gives them the opportunity to ask questions, and it gives you the opportunity to, to disciple your children. It sets the example that they, too, should be reading their Bible and making it a priority. One of my favorite books, I'm serious, it's like one of my favorite books. I gush about it all the time. It's called Family Discipleship. It says, your kids learn from watching you, and they are watching even when you don't want them to. Here's the kicker here. Here's the question. What are your kids going to learn from being around you? Let's face it. We all have good sides about us, and we all have some bad sides about us. And the likelihood of your kids seeing both is about 100%, okay? So, but what, do, what are they going to remember about how you react to certain things? Are they going to remember that in the morning my parents wake up and they pray together? And that they sit at the table with their coffee and they have their Bible open and they're doing a reading together? What are they going to remember? So, we just established that in order to train your children in the way they should go, you must first lead by example. You must have a relationship with Jesus Christ first and model it. To your children. Your children's spiritual lives are depending on it. Think about that glass ceiling again. The second way, I'm following on point number two. The second way to train your kids in the way they should go is pray with and for your kids every day. So to build a foundation of faith for your kids, you must pray consistently with them every day. No matter how busy life can be, Prayer is essential. Pump the brakes here, okay? When life gets difficult, what are you going to do? First reaction is not to freak out. You're going to pray. When life is really, really good, you're not going to just ignore Jesus. You're going to thank Jesus. Yeah? 
1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Prayer is something that you can do at any time of the day and for all occasions. Okay, you can pray with and for your kids at breakfast, at dinner, in the car, or right before bed. I, I love it when I ask the kids to come and pray for the offering because I can tell who's made it like a routine that their kids pray for the meal because they'll come in there and instead of praying for the offering, they pray for the meal. <laughs> so um, that's been happened a, a lot of times, and I, lo- I just love it anyways because I can see that your family makes that a priority in your household. Before you eat, you're going to pray for the meal. So make it, make it normal. Make it part of your routine. Make it normal. It doesn't have to be a perfect, well-thought, fancy uh, prayer. It's just whatever comes to, you, to your mind. Teach them to your kids what it looks like to pray. All right. Use age-appropriate language when you pray. The simpler, the better. All right. We got some really holy people in here, and I love that you guys pray. I think it's so amazing, and I love it when you guys pray with and for each other. But when we pray for our kids, we need to be simple. We need to be simple. The simpler, the better. Don't make the prayer drag out with fancy lingo or words that they can't understand. There's a lot of words that I don't understand. My vocabulary is not very great. I need to work on that, okay? So instead, here's what you do. You just offer up short, spontaneous prayers using words like please and thank you. Make it simple. Do everything you can to make it known that prayer is just something that you do. Prayer is about a relationship with Christ, not just something that you do when you need or want something. Prayer is simply a conversation with Christ. Don't make it difficult. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you give them the opportunity to pray too? Remember, you're teaching them. You're teaching them how to pray. You you do that by modeling what prayer looks like. And when you give them the opportunities to pray, that's another teaching moment. It gives them confidence the more that they pray. If they're little, it may not even make sense what they're praying about, okay? Uh, But God knows exactly what that little two-year-old means. So many of you may think that since your children are grown, this doesn't apply to you. Newsflash, this still applies to you. If you don't have kids, newsflash, this still applies to you, all right? It took my dad... 25 years to come back to Christ. And now when we come together for holidays and get together, it's just hanging out, he leads us in prayer before we eat. He set the foundation for how he would lead his family now. And I'm thankful for that. It's never too late to begin setting a foundation for prayer in your family's life, no matter what stage of parenting you're in. The hope is that while you pray together with your children and your grandchildren, you would inspire them to want to pray privately, individually, on their own. And that's the goal. The third thing that you want to do is to slow down and train your kids in the ways of the Lord is, number three, don't do it alone. They say raising kids takes a village, and it really does. 
It really does. And you need people in your life that you can trust, that can point you in the right direction, that keeps you accountable and are supportive of you. You need a group of people that will tell you that you're being stupid. I said the S word. I'm sorry. There's kids in here. I'm sorry I said the S word. Yeah, that you need somebody who's going to be like, yo, you're being stupid. You need to stop this. All right. They, you need a circle of friends that will come to your house at midnight and say, what are you, what are you thinking? Get off of there. What are, you, what, are you, what are you playing with? You're playing with fire. Come back to Jesus. He's over here. You're over there. Like, come on. You know, like, you need people like that. You need people who are going to be in your corner. Acts 2.46 says, Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex, that's like the church, okay, and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with a joyful and humble attitude. I don't know about you, but I love bread. I love bread. Anybody here love bread? I made a, a, a loaf of bread for the first time this weekend, and uh, I already ate it all. So I really love bread. I did share it. I did share some of it. Um, but you're to, to break bread with one another. Okay, the church is where we're meant to come together, worship God, and learn his word. But God wants us to do more. He wants to share our lives with one another. So if you're not in a small group, download the Church Center app and find one. A lot of us I don't know what the numbers are, but we have a great small group attendance. It's really awesome. But if you're not in one, download the Church Center app and find one. This quarter, we have a couple of small groups, especially for parents and kids. So get connected with families just as chaotic as yours, all right? No family's perfect. And by the way, if you don't see a small group that maybe you would like to be a part of, you're like, eh, I don't know about this, start one. All right, find one of us, find us, find one of us on staff, and we will lead you in the right direction because we want you to feel like you belong here. All right? And so a lot of you guys, I know that you guys could lead a small group. We've got training for that. You, you guys will be great, okay? So get connected with families just as chaotic as yours and don't do life alone. Another wonderful way for you to get connected is to also serve Everybody say serve. serve. Yes. First John three eighteen says, "Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed." That's action, and in truth. A child needs to see their parents serving and being dedicated to that position. Why? Because it inspires them to also want to serve. There's many different opportunities for you to serve here at Bridge of Hope Church. There's a need for greeters, security, set up and tear down, media. And hey, since I've got the mic here, uh, there's multiple areas that you can serve in Bridge Kids. We need help in the nursery. We need help in the elementary small group leaders. We need help checking in kids. We need preschool uh, assistance. I mean, the, trust me, the list could keep going. If you're interested, just... Come see me, all right? We need some men in there. We need some godly men that can be an influence to our, our young boys in there. So just contact anybody on staff, and we'll be very happy to point you in the right direction. Not only can you join the dream team that fits you and your personality, okay? If you hate babies and you think they're gross, don't go in there, okay? Don't go in. I don't want you in there. But if you, like, like cars and, like, pointing 
and going like this all the time and not like a whole lot of interaction. Parking lot team, we could start another parking lot team here. Okay, we need you. All right, so find the, find the team that best fits your personality. All right, not only do you, can you serve in the church, but you can also serve as a family at an outreach put on by the church or, or an outside ministry such as Matthew 25 or um, Isaiah House. All of these are great ways for you and your family to serve God together and do something bigger than yourselves. Not only do kids need to see their parents serving, but they also need to serve with their parents. And you can do that in a family outreach program. So here's three benefits when you serve as a family. Number one, it teaches children about your values as a family. What are your what are your values? Are you just going to say, it's my, my family no more, or are you going to help others? Number two, it helps you spend quality time together while having fun. I love it when I put on these family outreaches, and I see the kids looking up to their parents, and they're, and they're serving along with each other. It just makes me happy, okay? So number three, uh, it helps children learn empathy. So what are you doing to train up your child? Are you taking it seriously? I know you are. That's like a rhetorical question here. Okay, but are you taking it, it seriously spiritually? What are you doing to train up your child? Number one, this is what we've learned. You're going to lead by example. You're going to model and be an inspiration to your children. Number two, you're going to pray with and for your children. And number three, you're going to get connected. Don't do life alone. You're going to find a small group where you can be real with others. And you're going to lead by example by serving on a dream team or as a family in an outreach program. What's important to you will be important to them. So after all this, you might be thinking, man, I've really failed. I've really failed. I've not done any of these things. I'm just cruising, man. I'm just cruising along. Life's difficult. I've got doctor's appointments and kids' dentist appointments. I'm trying to get them to school, and I'm just trying to get them into the car without a meltdown. All right? My, you might be thinking, my children are grown. I've not done any of this. You might be thinking, I've got young kids, and I haven't been a great example because I'm so stressed out all the time. I've really failed it as a parent. Take heart, guys. It's going to be okay. The beauty about Jesus is that he has so much grace for you and I that he gives us the opportunity to enter his throne room and ask for forgiveness for the things that we've done or the things that we haven't done. He gives us the opportunities to make things right with him so that we can move forward in our relationship with him and share the good news with our friends and our family. So in the midst of playing referee, let's see it underneath all this, in the midst of playing referee, I didn't have to use this today, that's good, uh, what are you going to do? We're going to slow down. We're going to slow down. We're going to train our ways, to, train our kids in the way they should go. And when they're older, they will not depart from it. But be sure that you go the way yourself. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Let's put on our praying face. That's something what I say in kids' church. We're going to bow our heads. We're going to close our eyes. I got some questions for you. No, no looking around, but maybe you're here today and you've been playing the referee with your kids without the help of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's never occurred to you to lead by example in following Jesus Christ because 
you've never surrendered your life to him. Today's a great day to make the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. It's not just for your own life, but it's for your family. Your children's lives are depending on it. Jesus came to earth to live a life for you and I. He was perfect, spotless, sinless, and he died for us so that we could have forever life with him. If you're in here, whether you're a parent or not, and you want to accept Jesus Christ into your life, would you just raise your hand? Amen. I see that. 